Let us pray. Gracious God, as we turn to your word for us, may the Spirit of God rest upon us. Help us to be steadfast in your hearing, in our speaking, in our believing, and in our living. Amen. The New Testament reading today comes from 2 Corinthians 4. I'll be reading verses 16 and 17. So we do not lose heart, even though our outer nature is wasting away, our inner nature is being renewed day by day. For this slight momentary affliction is preparing us for an eternal weight of glory beyond all measure. The word of our Lord. Thanks be to God. Our Old Testament lesson this morning is found in Psalm 130. Sometimes this psalm is referred to by its Latin name, the first couple of words in Latin, de profundis. Throughout countless centuries, many people, poets, musicians, ordinary people, have found in Psalm 130 de profundis the expression of their deepest longings, their heartfelt prayers. St. Augustine is said to have inscribed these words on the walls of his bedchamber. As he lay there in his final illness, he wanted to pray those words as his own prayer as he faced his own death. John Wesley heard the Psalm 130 sung as an anthem at St. Paul's Cathedral on the afternoon of the same day when he would be led to that room in Aldersgate where he experienced his heart being strangely warmed, the experience that he said ultimately led to his founding of the Methodist Church. And when those who had been given the responsibility of designing the Protestant chapel at Dachau that place where some of the most horrible atrocities that the uh, planet has ever seen, looked for words to place on the wall there. It was the words of Psalm 130 that were chosen as particularly appropriate. And so now let us listen for God's word to us today from these words of Psalm 130. Out of the depths I cry to you, O Lord. Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to the voice of my supplications. If you, O Lord, should mark iniquities, Lord, who could stand? But there is forgiveness with you so that you may be revered. I wait for the Lord. My soul waits, and in God's word, I hope. My soul waits for the Lord more than those who watch for the morning, more than those who watch for the morning. O Israel, hope in the Lord, for with the Lord there is steadfast love, 
and with him is great power to redeem. It is he who will redeem Israel from all its iniquities. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. What does one say when a person is moaning? Out of the depths I cry to you, O Lord. O Lord, hear my voice. What do you say to someone who finds himself in a crisis of faith? Now, if you had asked this person even one day before if he would ever find himself in a crisis of faith, he would have immediately said, no way. Raised in the church, baptized in the church, as Dallas has been, uh, as Sims has been baptized this morning, Um, going to Sunday school every Sunday, church being the fulcrum of his weekly experience, he believed that his faith was rock solid. But then it happened. The shattering death of a loved one. Grinding poverty on a mission trip that he witnessed. A church fight that left him feeling confused and angry. And where there once was certainty, now there is doubt. Perhaps something even worse, emptiness. And he bows his head and he prays, Out of the depths I cry to you, O Lord. And he wonders if there is anyone even there to listen. What does one say to him? Or what do you say to someone who's carrying around a load of guilt, a bucket full that is so heavy that nothing seems to be able to tip it and to empty it out? Just before COVID shut down in-person classes at her school, She had uttered some hurtful words, both to and about her best friend, her soulmate, ever since kindergarten. And in all those months that have passed since then, they have barely spoken, rarely texted with each other. But now they're graduating from high school. They're going off to different colleges. And she feels the absence of her friend. She's reached out and tried to apologize, but she doesn't know if her friend will ever trust her again. And she has to admit that if the roles were reversed, she's not sure that she could find it in her heart to offer forgiveness. And so she feels ashamed, lonely. She lies in her bed at night and stares at the ceiling, and she prays, Out of the depths I cry to you, O Lord, hear my voice. What does one say to her? Or what do you say to those who rise from their beds every day to face 
what seems like a very hard trek into the day. Perhaps pressures and uncertainty in the workplace, stresses at home, terrifying political division in the nation, hard decisions at every turn. And then they come to church, and wouldn't it be nice if it were something uplifting for that day? But what do they hear? A psalm of lament. A psalm of lament in which it is said, my tears weigh me down. O Lord, save me from drowning. They cry out, out of the depths, I cry to you, O Lord. O Lord, hear my voice. And those words from the psalm, they're so ancient, thousands of years old, and yet they seem current for right now. What does one say? in situations like this. Well, here is what the psalmist says. When the psalmist cries out, out of the depths I cry to you, O Lord, O Lord, hear my voice, the psalmist then answers, I wait for the Lord. And in God's word, I hope. My soul waits for the Lord more than those who watch for the morning, more than those who watch for the morning. What the prophet, what the psalmist says is this. When one cries out for the Lord to hear, here is the answer. Wait. 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 Now, it must be said that a faithful response to every cry of pain is not always to wait. When that cry of pain rises up out of situations of oppression and injustice, The more faithful response often is a call to action rather than to waiting. The words of Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr., as he listened to white clergy in his town say that his actions had been untimely and unwise, his response was to write a letter from the Birmingham jail. And it was to say, for years I have heard that word wait. It rings with striking familiarity. And that word wait has almost always meant never. And so we must come to see with one of our distinguished juries that justice too long delayed is justice denied. And so when there is a situation in which cries rise up and God calls for a transformation from injustice to justice, the call is not to wait, 
but rather to throw ourselves into the action that helps to set things right. But there are so many other situations in our life in which the psalmist's call is true. The psalmist calls us to pray for the patience to wait. And that ability to wait does not reside within us and our own abilities. Rather, it rests in the very character of God. For God's character is not aligned against us. God's character toward us is not neutral. Rather, God bends toward us in steadfast love and mercy. And so, it is in the character of God that our ability to wait is rooted and grounded. And in a culture like ours, a culture whose hallmark is so often instant gratification, in a culture where so often we demand answers to our every question, resolution to every conflict, closure to every grief, and we want it right now. It is a gracious thing for us to be able to wait, to be given that gift, because in the waiting, God is at work. God is at work shaping us and renewing our lives. God is at work not to give us the answers that we think that we need, but rather to move us to deeper understandings, to more loving hearts, to more compassionate lives. In the Psalm of Lament, which Winter read a few moments ago, this, this is a part of a collection, Psalms of Lament, written by Ann Weems. She wrote these about a decade after the murder of her 21-year-old son, Todd, on his birthday. In the preface to Psalms of Lament, Ann Weems writes this. I know that my psalms are not yet finished. Anger and alleluias careen around inside me. Lament and laughter sit side by side in my heart that yearns for the peace that passes understanding. And if you are one who finds yourself believing amid your weeping, then you know where I stand. And yes, indeed, we do. Perhaps for you today, you find yourself precisely standing alongside Anne, knowing what she knows and being where she is. 
Perhaps you've had experiences like this in your past. Perhaps it has not yet happened to you. But I can only say that if you live long enough, the day will come when this will be true for you as well. And so let us remember and let us take heart from the psalmist words that in God there is steadfast love and there is great power to redeem. And so, steadied in this knowledge, we are given what we need to hope, to trust, to live, to love, and yes, to wait. Amen.